you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like to have you turn to Jeremiah chapter 31. This morning I want to preach a message entitled, Abundant Grace. Abundant Grace. We'll see here, Abundant Grace, and this, uh, these verses that I'm going to read. And uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 1, in the same time said the Lord, Will I be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people? Thus said the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace and willingness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. So who found this abundant grace? Uh, that's my first question, was who would find this abundant grace? It says here in verse 2, the people which were left of the sword found grace and the wilderness. They found grace. So the people that were left of the sword found God's abundant grace. You get, a, get the context here. The children of Israel uh, was doing wicked. Okay. Um, they was being taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar. Um, but there was certain people that were left, and these people found grace in the wilderness, the people that were there. Now, if you go up to chapter 30, and right at the end, it will tell you who did not find abundant grace. Who did not find abundant grace. In verse 23, it says, of chapter 30, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 23, Behold, Behold, the whirlwind of the Lord goeth forth with fury, a continual whirlwind, it shall fall with pain upon the head of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord shall not return until he have done it, until he had performed the intents of his heart. In the latter days ye shall consider it. So, who did not find abundant grace the wicked the wicked did not find abundant grace the wicked during uh, Noah's day did not find abundant grace and uh, these people did not uh, find abundant grace now if you like to circle your Bible you like to put notes in your Bible uh, you can the wicked there is the religious wicked. So you can put a note there. It's talking about the religious wicked. Okay? That's what who's talking about. Let me back that up with some scriptures. Gen uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 26. Jeremiah chapter 26. Hold your place there. You're going to see some religious wicked people here in Jeremiah chapter 26. And it says in verse 8, Now it came to pass when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak unto all the people, that the priests and the prophets and all the people took him, saying, Thou shalt surely die. Wouldn't you say that's pretty wicked? To put a righteous man to death? 
Would you say that the priest is a religious man? Would you say that the prophet's a religious man? Would you say that these people are religious? They are. They're, they are religiously wicked. These priests were religiously wicked. Okay? They was not listening to God. These priests was committing adultery. These priests was sacrificing their children to idols. These priests were worshiping idols. These prophets, these wicked religious prophets were prophesying lies. These was wicked. When God's talking about the wicked here, he's talking about the religiously wicked people. It says, the prophets and all the people took him, saying, Thou shalt surely die. Why hast thou prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, Thus house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without inhabiting. And all the people were gathered against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the priests of Judah heard these things, then they came up from the king's house unto the house of the Lord, and sat down in the entering of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then spake the priests and the prophets unto the princes. Okay, there's politicians, the priests, and the prophets. All religiously people. All, all wicked religious people. And to all the people saying, This man is worthy to die, for he hath prophesied against the city, as ye have heard with your ears. I'm simply saying this morning, you go back to Jeremiah, who did not find God's abundant grace in verse 23. Behold, the whirlwind of the Lord goeth forth with fury, a continuing whirlwind, it shall fall with pain upon the head of the wicked. He's not talking about Nebuchadnezzar, although he was a wicked man and wicked people over there. He's talking about the religiously wicked people that that that, that was there and uh, and they wanted to kill God's prophets and they did kill some of his prophets. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 22 and 23, ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you as yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determining counsel and the foreknowledge of God, ye have taken in by wicked hands, have crucified and slain. It was the religiously wicked people that nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. Religiously wicked. I'm going to tell you something. Religion and wickedness are not go together. Righteousness. You know, the problem is people want to get religious, but they don't want to get a relationship with God. They want to have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Amen. Now, let's get back to our... Gen uh, so we can find the people here. As you look at that, you can find the people, in verse 23, that did not find this abundant grace. But there are some people that found abundant grace. You say, uh, who's the people? 
in verse 2. There said, Lord, people which were left of the sword found grace. Where did they find this abundant grace? In the wilderness. They found it in the wilderness. Paul found it in the wilderness of sickness. God told Paul that, that your, my, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Hagar found the abundant grace out in the wilderness too of separation. But we see here what is the effects of this abundant grace. I see some effects of this abundant grace. And we see this here. Let's read this. Then said the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. I caused him to what? I caused him to rest. You know what is the result of receiving God's abundant grace? Rest. It's rest. Look over here. It says, the Lord had appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Not only do you get rest when you get God's abundant grace, you get God's love when you get God's abundant grace. There's some, something else. With everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. God, he says, I drawn thee. There's a drawing. When you receive God's abundant grace, there is a drawing by God. Isn't it wonderful to be drawn by God? Amen. Pulled in by God. Pulled in out of this wicked world. Amen. Pulled in out of these wicked religious systems they have today. I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad I've been pulled out of wicked religious systems. And, uh, and uh, I've been drawn by a holy, righteous, eternal God. In verse 4 it says, Again I will build thee. It's another blessing of abundant grace. God's going to build a man. He, he was going to build them. And thou shalt be, O virgin of Israel, thou shalt again be adorned with the tabrets and shall go forth in the dances of them that make merry. It's not talking about carnal dances. It's not talking about the doing the jitterbug. It's talking about uh, dancing unto the Lord. Amen. And praising God, just like uh, Miriam did when she had her tambourines out there and, and praising God and skipping and, and, and saying glory to God. It's going to come back. Just listen, these are some fruits of abundant grace. Amen. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall eat them as common food, common things. You're going to plant because you're good. Abundant grace. For there shall be a day that the watchmen upon the Mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. Hope, abundant grace. I see God abundantly pouring out His grace upon these people that have been bruised and battered and beaten and and abused by, by these religious priests, these religious false prophets, these re religious, wicked religious priests, wicked religious false prophets, princes, 
wicked ruling, all these things that they was doing, and these people were left. But God took them in. And God said, this is what I'm going to do for you. Now, look at verse 7. That's what God did for them. Look in verse 7 here. What does it say? For thus, for thus, said the Lord. Now, the word for, we could also use because. Okay? You can, because. And thus replies back with the same with the same energy this this abundant means to pour out that's what it means that abundant is a pouring out and God says I am pouring out my grace to you I'm pouring out my love and kindness to you I'm pouring this out you know what for thus said the Lord you know I believe that God was telling them I want you to pour out back to me. Listen, we are not just a, a grace. Grace is not just God giving us something. Grace motivates us to give back something to God. Amen. Amen. So it ain't just getting something and going with it. it. It's thinking about what you got. Thinking about, and it says, For thus said the Lord, Sing with gladness. Sing with joy. Sing with joy. I think there ought to be singing. Amen. Amen. That is with joy. And then you have shout. He said, this is, this is what you ought to do, children of Israel. Sing with gladness for Jacob. And shout among the chief of the nations. That word shout, sometimes we, we use that word, you know, uh, with volume. Someone shouting at you or yelling at you. Not really what it's saying. Saying it's talking about it's tied up with the word shine. You read the context of it. He said, I shined on you. I want you to shine. He says, these are, he says, shout among the chief of the nations. He said, I want you to be a testimony. I want you to shine. See, God shines on us, and, and we ought to shine God's glory on others. Amen. That's what he's talking about. That's in a result of abundant grace. And then he says, tells them to do something else. Publish ye. Now we think about publishing. We think about just writing books and publishing books. But that's really not what he's talking about there. To hear as well as to respond to what is heard. To hear and to respond to what is here, what is heard. Okay? And this is what the children of Israel should have been doing. What the people that have received this abundant grace sing with gladness, shout among the chief of the nations, publish thee, and then praise ye. Praise to celebrate God's mighty power. Celebrate God's mighty power. I tell you one thing. When you receive God's abundant, abundant grace, you have something to shout about. You have something to sing about. You have something to praise God about. You have received this abundant power. Amen. And then he goes on to say, Oh, Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Save thy people. Now, how can we find God's abundant grace today? How can we find God's abundant grace? Turn to 1 Timothy, if you would. 
First Timothy chapter one. I believe that's a beautiful, beautiful story about God's abundant grace in the Old Testament. How can we find God's abundant grace today? First Timothy chapter one and verse twelve. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who have enabled me for that He counted me faithful, put me into the ministry. Who was before a blasphemer, persecutor, and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all expectation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. When you meet Jesus by faith you receive this abundant, overflowing grace of God in your life. An abundant grace of God through Jesus Christ. That's how we can find God's abundant grace. Paul found in this context, Paul the Apostle found, his name was Saul, found God's abundant grace. He was persecuting the church. Christ appeared to him. Exceeding abundant. That abundant is to overflow. Overflow. What's the result of finding God's abundant grace to the New Testament believer? What is the result of finding God's abundant grace? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you for all things are for your sake that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God we have the word there redound to the glory of God. It means to completely pour out your heart to God. That word redound there is connected to the word abundant. Let me say it again. That word redound there is connected to abundant. Remember that back there in, Je uh, back there in Jeremiah? How God poured his heart out there. And then in verse 7. They was to pour their heart out to God. Well you get the same thing in the New Testament. God has poured out his heart. And we ought to pour out our heart to God. And uh, for all things are for your sake. That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many. Redound to the glory of God. We ought to be giving God the glory. We ought to be doing things in our life. That give God the glory. We ought to be thinking about things in our minds that would give glory to God. Everything that we ought to do, everything we do in life, ought to be our purpose in life is to bring glory and honor to God because He has given us His abundant grace. His abundant grace. 
You say, why did we find God's abundant grace? Why, why did we find God's abundant grace? Well, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We receive God's abundant grace because of God's abundant mercy. If we got what we deserved, it would have been hell. If we got what we deserved, it would have been punishment. But God had His abundant grace. And because of God's abundant grace in our life, we ought to abundantly glorify God, serve God, worship God. Amen. Put that energy back to God. God gives us energy. We put that energy back to God. I'm afraid that a lot of our energy that's coming into us today is negative energy. We get that negative energy through the news. We get that negative. We get that negative negative energy by the world, by critics and all that. We're getting this negative energy, and uh, we just become negative. And uh, we just look at people and how. They're not doing things the way they ought to do, but we never look in a mirror and find the things that we're doing. And we have negative energy in ourselves. And but we got to get back under God's abundant, under His abundant mercy and abundant grace, and let God flow through our hearts and get the energy that's there. Can, can I tell you something? That uh, grace has some energy to it. Mercy has energy to it. God. God has power. God has energy. Amen. And God wants us to tap in to His Word, His power, and give Him back and glorify Him and praise Him. Now, is God's abundant grace limited to only a few? Is, it, is, is God's abundant grace limited to only a few? Matthew chapter 9. Go to Matthew chapter 9. Look at verse 37. Then said he unto him, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous. But the labors of you. You can circle that word plenteous. And it's associated with abundant. Abundant. It's overflowing. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. That he would send forth laborers into his. What kind of harvest? Abundant harvest. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
God is not limited only to a few. Jesus Christ taught that. Amen. I don't care who these people are that they say that, you know, God's only limited to. No, no. God said right there that then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. It's an abundant, but the labors are few. The problem is the labors are few. And I think the reason why the labors are few, because they're not given, we're not given back to God as God has given to us. I think that's the problem. And we need to, we need to give back. But sometimes we're, we're dried up. And, and sometimes we get messed up. And sometimes we get hung up. And sometimes, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we, we get cold and we get calloused and we get indifferent with, you know, with others and, and even in the Word of God. We're not getting things out of the Word of God. And, uh, but listen, I'll tell you something. We get on our knees and ask God to forgive us of our coldness. And we get on our knees and ask God to forgive us of our callousness. I believe that a revival will come. I believe that God Almighty will come and His abundant grace will set you free. I believe that their fire will kindle back in your heart once again. I believe that you can give God glory once again and praise once again. I believe you can get up in the morning and say hallelujah and praise God and amen and get in your Bible and read and get things out of the Bible. I believe that the songs will sound sweeter when you sing in the Lord. I want to tell you something. You can have all your dots, all your dots, all your T's crossed and all your dots, dots, I's dotted. But I want to tell you something. If you don't have the power of God, you're nothing. I don't care how much harmony you have. I don't care if you can sing on note as good as you can. If you don't have the power of God, I don't care what you are. All I'm are is just noise to God. Amen. Because a heart that's not right with God doesn't sound good to God. Amen. Don't sound good to God at all. But listen, God says, I sent my only begotten Son to give you abundant grace because of God's abundant mercy. 